This is Kyler Bingham with Salt Lake Dirt and KPCR 101.9 FM in Santa Cruz. I am very excited to welcome filmmaker Stephen Purvis today. Um, I was just out in Los Angeles covering dances with films, and his short film actually had caught my eye, but I didn't get the chance to see it until I got back home. The film is All My Friends Are Going to Be Strangers, Chapter One. Uh, Stephen, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I love the film. So um, I just got back from the Wyoming International Film Festival, and uh, this would have been a perfect fit <laughs> for up, <laughs> up in Wyoming. So tell us about the film. There's an, you know, I, what caught my eye was the iconic writer um, that you adapted here. So tell us a bit about the film. Well, this is a novel that really, uh, I read it a long time ago and then got in touch with McMurtry about it. Because it really, I identified with it very strongly. Uh, I'm not a, I wasn't a writer per se when I first read it. I was just a student coming out of college. But I'm also went to, in the novel. The main character Danny Deck is a aspiring writer, so I was an aspiring filmmaker. And when I read the novel, I'm going, oh, this kind of mirrors my life and stuff. I grew up on a ranch in Texas. Danny Deck grew up on a ranch in Texas. And then later I came to find out through conversations and, and interchange with McMurtry that this was really kind of semi-autobiographical, that McMurtry grew up on a ranch. He became a writer. So this really was very close, you know, kind of a closely held story that really mirrored what had happened to him early in his life. But I had had similar situations, including being kind of a naive young man who got, you know, in my earlier days, got caught up with women who were bad for me and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a mistake that we all make sure. when we're younger, for sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, well, yeah, so I, I guess I'm I'm really curious about, so the, this is Larry McMurtry we're, we're, we're talking about here. Um, and you said you, you re, so he passed away a couple of years ago. Yes. Um, you, you reached out to him. How long has it kind of been in your in your mind to adapt the, this work. So you read it when you were younger. Has it kind of been brewing for all that time? Yeah, I was, I was sort of, it's, it's weird. I read it when I first got out of college and then I sort of tracked it. I was a aspiring filmmaker. I moved to Los Angeles and kept kind of tabs on what was happening with it and stuff. And various people tried to turn it into films throughout the years and stuff. So it has an interesting history, like Robert De Niro, Mike Nichols, a variety uh, Sophia Coppola, a variety of filmmakers tried to to adapt this. And I guess at one point, Quentin Tarantino talked about how much he liked the novel, that he had read it, not that he was going to make it into anything, but just that he liked the characters and, and really thought it was a great novel because the characters used in this novel also appear in other novels that Marcher wrote. So I just had been sort of tracking it. And then I, I read various adaptations of it over the years and stuff and never really one of the things that really struck me was I never felt like anybody really captured the essence of the novel, that they were okay adaptations, but they didn't really get the spirit of it. And then I went back to grad school recently and took a screenwriting course for the first time. And in screenwriting, the, of course, the thing that all screenwriting teachers teach is write what you know, or write something that you feel like you know. So I was so I you know, kind of like a thunderbolt. I went, well, there's this novel I've always loved. So I reached out to McMurtry to find out what was going on. And it was available. So I went, okay, I'll, I'll take a shot at it. And basically just, you know, kind of took it from there and then got a bunch of feedback from my professor at college and, and did table reads with it as well before we shot the, the short also to try to fine tune it and hone it and make sure that it would be accessible to people who hadn't read the novel. Great. So this is, um, 
this is like a proof of concept for for a for a TV series. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because that was the thing was that I I had read all these feature film adaptations, and then what happened with McMurtry's career is pretty interesting. For a while, they were making really excellent features from his novels. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first novel, Horseman Passed By, was turned into HUD. Then um, Terms of Endearment came along, and Last Picture Show. And those were really fantastic feature films, but something's always left out whenever you make a feature from a novel. It's just the nature of adaptations and stuff. And then McMurtry sort of did a U-turn when he took on, you know, he he had written a feature film script called Streets of Laredo that was a Western that was supposed to star John Wayne, Jimmy Stewart, and Henry Fonda. And he and Bogdanovich did an adaptation, and they were was on the heels of la, of the success of Last Picture Show. But they couldn't get those three guys to agree to be in it because it's about aging cowboys. And so after years went by, McMurtry took the screenplay back and then converted it into Lonesome Dove. And so I was working as an editor on The Red-Headed Stranger with Bill Whitliff, and Whitliff got the assignment to convert Lonesome Dove into a miniseries. Mm. And then from then on, pretty much all of McMurtry's novels all got converted into limited series. So I thought, well, it might be interesting to go back to an earlier novel from much earlier in his career and do the same thing, because there's a bunch of funny scenes in McMurtry's novel. And I had read most of the adaptations that people have written over the years of trying to turn it into a feature. And while they were funny and, and you know honest adaptations, they didn't really capture the spirit of the book. And there's a bunch of really funny scenes that just got left out because there's not enough space in a hundred and... 10, 120-page screenplay. And I thought, well, with this rise of streaming and stuff, this could be a really good limited series, especially based on the fact that after Lonesome Dove, everything he wrote became really successful, as, but as limited series. And most people are known for the Westerns because that's what they think about. You know, even with Brokeback Mountain, which he adapted, it was a Western. So, Yeah, no, it's so true. It's like when, I, when a writer puts out something really incredible, it, it can be frustrating when you see if it does eventually get made into a movie, um, if you've read the, I mean, that's just the classic cliche that if you've read, if you've read the book before the movie, you're, you're typically disappointed. Um, but I've seen some great TV series adapted from a novel. I mean, I think that's, that's really the way the, to go. And um, just watching this short film this morning, I, I was like, I've never read this book before, so I'm going to buy it today. I'm really excited to dig into it. So, um, and I've never, I've, I mean, I've, I know, I've, I've known of Larry forever, but I've never actually read any of his work. I'll, I'll admit it. So now this kind of like sparked my interest, and like this is, I've always heard amazing things. This is something I need to, I need to, I'll be, you know, better um, now than, than never. So I'm really excited to see what comes of this. Uh, tell us about Dances with Films. I know that's um, that's a great festival. You had uh, a screening on July 1st. How did it go? How was the reception there? I was really impressed with Dances with Films. I mean, I had I had attended it once before. There was a film I was a producer on a few years ago. They had played there, and I had gone to that one screening. And I thought, wow, this is a great situation. You know, fantastic theaters, you know, a very enthusiastic crowd, really you know, enthusiastic folks coming to it and stuff. And also part of it is Dancers of the Films is in Hollywood at the Chinese theater. So you're really ground zero for movies in you know in the world, really, you know, the top of the pyramid, so to speak. And so it was just a really great experience. We had a full house. I was very lucky that I was my film was was, you know, screened with several other, you know, pilot films that people have made. 
And we had a very enthusiastic group of filmmakers who really got together and did a bunch of sort of promotion, helped promote each other's stuff and did trailers and stuff. And so we had a full house and it was really an enthusiastic crowd. It was really just, I mean, the best experience possible because a lot of times when you're working on these things, you know, as everybody's sitting in front of a computer screen, editing your film and to actually get it out, put it on a big screen, see it with a very receptive audience was just fantastic. It was really a great, great experience. And the people that run the festival, man, that's like clockwork. They're really they really know what they're doing. I mean, they're in their 20th something year. So they've been doing it for a while. But also, it's just a, a wealth, very considerate. They have a kind of a, um, the philosophy is kindness of films and kindness to filmmakers. And it's really, a, you know, just a spectacular experience. Yeah, that's one of my favorite experiences is um, is seeing, uh, I, I mean, I love the features, but it, what's cool at a festival is when you see uh, a, a shorts or, or pilots and it does bring in because it brings in a bigger crowd. Typically, you have all these different people from different films. You have the people supporting them um, and you really have a, a lot of energy, like you said. Uh, that's that's very cool. And um, yeah, I would have loved to have seen it on the big screen. I think this is I mean, I just love the visuals. Uh, one thing as we kind of wrap up, I, I, I am curious, anytime someone makes a, a short film or kind of like an independent project initially, uh, when it's a, a period piece, I, I imagine there's a lot of challenges there keeping it like true to the time period. But um, watching it, I was like in in that era. You know, you have the you have the cars, the the wardrobe, everything is kind of, you know, the the set decoration of the home. Everything is just like perfect for that for that era. Um, tell me about how you were able to pull that off, accomplish that, and like kind of take us back in time well it was thank you for for mentioning this um it was a real interesting situation uh we found the location i you know sort of scouted through various location services here in los angeles and i was doing this as a grad student project i'd gone back to grad school and so this is actually my master's thesis film so i had gone back to grad school need to make a film to get my master's and part of that was also writing the screenplay as well and of course, the screenwriting teacher says, you know, write what you know. Well, I, I had read this novel years ago and really liked it, though, you know, and reached out to McMurtry to see if the rights were available and stuff. And so I said, you know, this is the thing. This is something I've always been really interested in doing. But the trick was, yeah, capturing that period. And so once we found the location, the key was find a house that's not, you know, that would exist in that time frame and that also sells it. And then we just got lucky. I had a really great uh, production designer. Uh, Mel Okoiza, who's a fantastic production designer who'd worked on a film that I was a producer on. And so I reached out to her and thank goodness she said yes. And she was just fantastic. She helped get the costumes together. She helped get the set together. She decorated it all. And, you know, we live in a time where there's a lot of interest in the 60s. Mm -hmm. So they were able to kind of go to thrift stores and whatnot and find the, the stuff that would make it accurate to the time period. And then we got lucky with the cars as a British gentleman who had this car collection of vintage cars and his, his girlfriend is an actress and stuff. And he said, well, if you cast the girlfriend, I'll loan you the cars. <laughs> so <laughs> we were able to get all these fantastic cars because that really helps to kind of sell the time period. It's like, Oh, okay. This is, you know, this is that of that era. And it's just, uh, I think that there's a real hunger with people right now to know more about the sixties because it was such a unique 
kind of point in our history, the civil rights movement, the anti-war movement, all those things kind of come together. And we tried to sort of put that in the in the film in a way that would make you feel like, oh, this is what it was like to be there at that point in time and stuff. Yeah, I definitely got that. So it, it definitely um, it made me excited to see more from you with with as far as this goes to read the book. Um, all of it, like I'm, I'm it kind of like opened up a, a whole new world for me. So I, I'm super excited to follow this. And, I, you know, I, I, look, I look forward to uh, more from you um, with this. But yeah, Stephen, this was this was incredible. I'd love to have you back on again at some point. Um, we can we could we could talk more uh, as you know, you, you kind of go through producing this. But the film is All My Friends Are Going to Be Strangers, Chapter One incredible short film TV pilot. Um, Steven, thank you so much for taking the time today. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, spread the word. Absolutely. I will. Thank you so much. Have a good day. You too. Mm-hmm.